So Robert, tell me what's been your impression of Asia Fruit Logistica this time around? Uh, it's been very positive. Uh, our booth has been constantly full with meetings. In mm. fact, probably have to get an extra meeting room next time just to accommodate everything. But uh, And part of that is our, our crew here is doing a lot of work and, and making sure we're meeting with the right people. It's a great location to do that, a great reason for people to come together. Um, I, I commented to many people that I, I wasn't here last year, and now to see the, the growth in the size of the booths and the participation from all the different countries and producers, I, I think is fantastic. And you know, it just shows that uh, this entire region, not just China, but the entire region, is one that has really developed in the sophistication of the marketing and the selling process. Um, we're seeing a lot more direct customers, you know, the, 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 the retailers that uh, are buying our products. And for, at Nature Ripe, that's part of our mantra is to really uh, work very closely with the people that touch the consumers. So to, to see more of those buyers coming out is, is good for us, and uh, we think it's also good for the entire industry to see you know, where the fruit is coming from and meet the people that are producing it. So it's a win-win. So congratulations for the success. Excellent. Remind us how long Nature Ripe has been exhibiting at the show. You know, I, I think we're relatively new. Um, if I, I bet it's not been six years. Uh, but um, when I when I came over from uh, from Sunkiss, I knew the the popularity of the show. Um, I remember being able to stand in the, in the room and see across the entire show because nobody had any height or lights mm. and excitement. And so, um, you know, if you go back, it's probably been six years. And uh, to see the growth here is, I think it's indicative, though, of what we're seeing in produce. It's becoming, um, you know, such a, a popular item uh, that this marketplace certainly is evolving. And there's a lot of options that people have. So the investment that we see by producers like ourselves now is, is being returned. You, you, you put the money out there for these uh, events, and we're starting to see that in the way that business is incre increasing and growing. And mm -hmm. so first couple of years was very prospe prospective, if you will. Uh, today we're, we're really starting to see the, the fruits of that uh, effort early on. So it was well worth the effort. Um, but frankly, we're seeing that everywhere where we're uh, uh, attending trade events. Um, whether it's for us, you know, PMA Fresh Summit in the United States is, a, is the, the key event there. Certainly, this is the key event in Asia, and then for Logistica Berlin for Europe. And those, you know, between those three, those are really premier events that I think bring together the right people uh, from from all spectrums of the produce industry. Excellent. Tell us if we can compare and contrast the business you have in other parts of the world to what's going on here in Asia, because Nature Ripe is such a big name in berries in North America, in Europe. Uh, what, what's happening here in Asia? How does it how does it compare? How does it stand up against what's happening elsewhere yeah. in the world for you? Yeah, you know, actually, the, 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 there's a lot of parallels behind it. Um, we understand who we are as a company. We're, we're growers, right? And so um, we match our sales and our distribution of sales based on how our in, in, in production has increased. And so this has not been a priority market in the past because. You know, if you take a look at our, our, our portfolio, we had very developed markets that continue to grow very quickly, and so it, it, we had to balance that off. But over the last 10 years, this certainly has started to become a, a much more of a, an aggressive growth market, and we've put more resources against that. Part of through our partnership, we actually have an office in Shanghai at uh, SVA, and, um, and while we're not direct uh, partners, we're sister companies, if you will, and so being part of that family helps us uh, you know, provide that on-site service. Um, 
we're we're seeing our brand continuing to grow and be more popular and and frankly at times i'm surprised at people that come up to us and say i've seen your brand here for a very long time and so the 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 knowledge is there of this grower owned brand um, I think we've been very consistent in quality and continue to improve on that with the new varieties that are out there and also some of the new innovations. Mm-hmm. And so when you take innovation, you take quality, you take grower-owned, and you spread that across the world, that's certainly a common theme that's, that's very popular in all those, those key mm-hmm. markets. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, is just continually improving or maturing our distribution, expanding it, mm-hmm. uh, adding more customers. And, and we're careful in, in not wanting to grow faster than the supply that we have because we're a grower-owned, grower-based company. So we, we, part of our success has been able to balancing in a very careful way you know, what our expectations are in the market mm-hmm. and, and managing that all the way back to the mm-hmm. farm. So not getting ahead of yourselves yeah, ex- and marketing too much to, to then not have the product available at the exactly, right time. Exactly. What, what kind of innovation then can we expect to see from Nature Ripe here in Asia in the next few years and indeed around the world? Yeah, you know, it, it, new variety certainly are, is, is part of that, is um, being able to fine tune our matching our, our specific varieties grown in certain regions, you know, to the to the customer base. And, um, and some of the technology that is behind the scenes that you don't see is we've invested millions of dollars in the last two years in uh, both cooling facilities, handling facilities, packing houses that now have new automated uh, sorting and uh, color sorters, soft sorters, sizing. Um, and in the past, we would put all sizes into a clamshell. Today, that's much more controlled. And, and in Asia, they like, in different parts of Asia, they like different sizes of fruit. So we're able to accommodate that to some extent based on what Mother Nature gives us mm. in the varieties that we have. Just generally speaking, if we think about blueberries that have been in- incredibly popular here in, uh, in, in China in particular, do they prefer bigger berries or smaller berries, or, the, or is that too simplistic? No, no, no. Uh, I would say they tend towards the larger size mm-hmm. in China. In Japan, it's more of a medium-sized berry. And part of that is how it's used. Uh, in Japan, a lot of our blueberries are used in confection, bakery goods, and so on. Um, here, certainly, is, is more fresh uh, consumption. Um, but I also think that large, bigger is better in, in some markets, and we've seen that not only in, in China, but even in the United States, where people think larger apples, larger oranges are better. That's not necessarily, um, the size does not connote necessarily taste and quality, it's just preference, and, um, and, and we as, as growers have to play into that. Ultimately, uh, it still has to taste really, really good. And I think that the, the technologies that we have, whether it's in the breeding or the, all the handling and supply chain management distribution, is all designed to improve that consumer experience. Um, and from all the work that, you know, that we've seen in produce, it, it, just in general consumption, is um, people are becoming much more, um, their consumers are, are becoming much more educated about the nutritional value, but they want to balance. You know, they, they still want to have a variety of different products, and so we're trying to show people how our products fit into that, that versatility, but also in various diet plans uh, or, or, or you know, how you approach your meals. Uh, um, the convenience products continue to be a hot item. Um, we see that growth expanding. Our uh, um, ready-to-eat blueberries today are distributed in every Starbucks in the United States virtually. And, Fantastic. and as a result of that, uh, you know, we're exposing a lot of people to this new ready, uh, ready-to-go snack. We see it being used in a lot of other applications as well. 
and the washing technology and the, what we're using to get to that long shelf life, uh, the 21-day shelf life, mm-hmm. is something that um, has taken a long time to perfect, and we've been working on it for the last couple of years in the market, and it's gaining more and more market access and or acceptability. It's probably been the one item at the show here that we've got more questions about and people trying to understand it. That's the snack pack. The snack yeah. pack, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and what was interesting about that, the interest level, is everybody gets it. They look at it, they, they get it. But as with many value-added products, you have to start with a high-quality product going into it that's had special handling from all the way from the grow, from the fields, all the way into the packing facility, mm-hmm. and then the washing cycle that we do, the packaging. Um, and so you're adding value, but there is also an incremental cost. And it's really finding where's the right equation for that and who's the consumer that that's best suited for. But the interest level that was here, it matches what we've seen in other markets. And so that, that whole idea of convenience and, and matching the, the packaging and the innovation to what the consumer needs are is big. And the other area that we see a tremendous amount of opportunity here is the premium area. So. Oh, yeah. If you think about it from um, certainly brand knowledge and, and offshore you know, acceptability of fruit that comes from Europe or, or from uh, Latin America or from the United States, there's an automatic cachet of trust and confidence that this is going to be, one, good quality, good condition, but it's also healthy. It's been handled in the correct way. There's food safety uh, protocols that are in place that, that really work well. Um, and so that, to some extent, that's, that's a given, right? But... Uh, being able to size the fruit like I talked about earlier of these special varieties they may not be available as big as some of the other ones but they're targeted and uh, that that select premium we, we actually call it uh, uh, selections <laughs> nature ripe selections um, is that higher end level of fruit or that higher tier fruit that is above and beyond the norm and we've had several people talking to us about how can we um, one, identify that clearly to those consumers that are willing to pay that extra price. Mm-hmm. And so that is no different than in a lot of other markets. It's just that it's being called out more. Mm-hmm. And um, I, the in so many other markets, the consumer profiles tend to blend together, especially where there are overlaps. Here, there's still a pretty clear definition yeah. of, of both the, the distribution uh, segments, but also consumer segments. Mm. And so for us, it's a really great opportunity to take some of that learning that we've had in all the other markets where we're the leading blueberry grower and, or shipper um, and, and sales organization and apply that to this developing market and really jump ahead with uh, based on our previous knowledge. So yeah. we're pretty excited about that premium level point of differentiation that we think we can bring. Yeah, it all does sound very exciting and, and a lot of that bodes well for the future. So. Oh, uh, there's re- reasons to be optimistic for a lot of reasons, I that, guess, but, um, you know, it's uh, seeing the, the optimism here and, and you know what's interesting too is that people aren't talking, when I first started coming here, people would talk about the economy and yeah. the bubble or, you know, uh, GDP and while we love to get caught up in the numbers because Statics, statisticians like the stat, uh, the statistical analysis and so on. What I'm really seeing is a passion for the product here, mm-hmm. uh, not just ours, I which mean, is just, not so easily defined. You can't course. define yeah. it, yeah. yeah. But uh, it, it's one of those things when you see it, you know it. And yeah. Um, yeah, there are people that are traders that are looking for you know low low prices and, and opportunities to sell the product. Yeah. But the more that we have people coming to the booth talking about their interest level, it, it's really at more of a uh, it's more of a passion for healthy, good for you uh, products and. Price is somewhat irrelevant in the sense of 
everyone's looking for the, the right quality, the mm. right mix of products, mm. and, and there's a market that's developing for that. Mm. So um, this is much more than just a trader and a distributor marketplace, mm. where I think in the past, uh, certainly from people from offshore, they would send it to an importer and they would be done. Mm. I, I think what, what growers like ourselves are seeing and have paid off uh, handsomely over the last couple of years is um, investing the time and energy to come meet with people, to introduce who we mm. are, understanding where the product comes from, the grower passion. We're now seeing that being reciprocated by the passion of the, of the retailers. They're, they know what we can do for them, and it's really becoming much more of a true partnership in satisfying and getting to the consumer, which other markets have done that for many years, but I think that's changing here a lot in a very positive way. Excellent. That's excellent news. Robert, thank you for taking the time to tell us all about the berry business here, and uh, I wish you all the best. My pleasure. Likewise for you.